0: I think that's the longest gospel reading in the entire liturgical year, so congratulations, you got through it. Um, I think we can all agree that um, this, was, this was quite the week that we just went through. Um, particularly here for, for, for y'all, um, Friday had, had a lot of news. Um, all of our classes, not our classes, all of y'all's classes, um, online, um, the whole world kind of seems like it's freaking out, shutting down. Um, one thing leads to the next, leads to the next, and if things keep moving at this pace, who knows what, what this week's going to bring, right? Um, I think we can agree that there's definitely, at least, there, there's an anxiety, there's a fear, there's a, there's a confusion, there's a questioning, what, what's going to come next? Um, and I think this gospel that we heard today is actually the perfect gospel for that. Um, this this fear, this confusion, this anxiety manifests itself in a whole lot of different ways, right? Right? Um, we can look at the grocery stores and see it manifested in one way. Apparently, um, toilet paper has become the the hot commodity of of the season. Um, I went shopping on Thursday, not because of any, I just had to go to the grocery store, and I walked down the aisle, and I saw the almost-empty, toilet paper aisle, they had a couple of, of packs left, and I didn't even need toilet paper, but I was like, well, I mean, everyone else is buying and I might as well just get a pack. So I went and grabbed the pack. Um, we, we all just kind of get, get into this, this rhythm of things, right? Um, and I think subconsciously, there, there's this fear that, that underlies that, and I think Jesus has something to speak to us today, just like he had to speak to the woman in the gospel, and I think there's a very, very small line that, that, makes these, that connects these two things. And that line is, it was noon. Because it was noon, that tells us a lot about this woman and the state that this woman was in. Because this woman lived in the desert. The desert is hot. And if you're going to get water, which is pretty rare in the desert, you don't wait until noon, to go get your water. You, need water. you want water the first half of the day. You also want to go get your water when it's cool outside. You also want to go get your water when everyone else is at, is at the well so that we can enjoy the community, right? This woman isolated herself, when at the hottest part of the day to go get what she needed. She didn't want to see anybody. What that tells us is that this woman was experiencing some shame. This woman was probably scared this woman probably felt trapped, felt isolated. This woman um, didn't want to see anybody, felt ostracized from the, from the entire community, felt judged by the community probably. Um, she was trying not to encounter, interact with anybody at all. And when we're, when we're fearful, when we're anxious, when we're confused, whenever we're perhaps ashamed, on a a grander scale, but I'm I'm talking more on a personal level. Whenever we feel that in our hearts, the temptation is to do exactly what that woman does. To to isolate herself, to run from from, from anything and anyone, and to just kind of try to get through it. Right? And although this was a long gospel, I wish that it would have started one verse earlier. Because I think one verse earlier... Paint a whole picture about what Jesus is doing. It's a very simple sentence. The verse right before where it started said, he had to pass through Samaria. See, Jesus was in Jerusalem, he was in Judea, and he was headed north to Galilee, and it said he had to pass through Samaria. Now, we got from the gospel that Jews and Samaritans don't like each other. They don't do anything together. They're completely separate people. And so while it's true that the quickest way from Jerusalem to Galilee is to go through Samaria, most Jews wouldn't do that. They would just take a longer way, but a way that would go around the, the region of Samaria. So they wouldn't have to interact with Samaritans at all. That was common practice. So when it said Jesus had to pass through Samaria, it's true, because it's in the Gospels, Jesus had to pass through, but he didn't have to pass through because it was just along the way. He had to pass through for another reason. Jesus had to pass through Samaria because he wanted to encounter this woman. He knew this woman, and he wanted to encounter her. And so he had to come to Samaria so that he could encounter her. He desired to have an experience with her. And so Jesus goes into Samaria. He goes to a well, the place where he knew she would meet her, the place of encounter, lots of important things in the scriptures happen at wells. It's not just a coincidence. And Jesus, it says he's weary, he's tired, he's longing, and he sits there and he waits. He doesn't force himself up to her. He doesn't kind of approach her. He, he waits for her to approach. He lets her take the initiative. And I imagine you're, you're this woman whose day after day after day has gotten to this custom of going to the well at noon, not seeing anybody, I'm just trying to do my own thing because I'm feeling this way. She's walking up to the well and there's this guy sitting there, waiting. She could have very easily turned around and said, I'm not dealing with this, I'm going back. We see plenty of people on campus, we see something set up and we, I might just go around, right? I'm not gonna cut through the quad, I'm gonna take that long way around so I don't have to interact with that person, right? That woman could have done that. But I think something in her heart pulled her forward. There was some longing, some desire in her heart that that drew her to that well to talk to this man who was waiting for her. And Jesus, the first thing he says, give me a drink. I'm thirsty. I'm desiring water. And they go into this discourse about water, and I think we very quickly see that they're not talking about... Jesus, at least, isn't talking about real water. Jesus isn't thirsty. Jesus never gets any water in this whole story. Jesus says, give me a drink. He says he's thirsty. He's desiring. His thirst is for a relationship with her. His desire is that he might encounter her, encounter her heart. That's what he desires more than anything. He desires her response in faith... To what, she, to, what he, to what he invites her to. And he also offers her a drink. He offers her the satisfaction of her own thirst, the satisfaction of the desire of her heart. Everything she's longing for, she's, what she's isolated from, the things that she's trying to fill that hole with, she, he offers her the, the satisfaction, the spring of living water that's going to satisfy her thirst forever. Welling up all the way to eternal life. Jesus both desires that. For, he, she, he desires that relationship and offers the answer to her. And then, when she, she says, Yes, Lord, I, just, I want this. Give me this water. Jesus kind of says, perhaps one of the most random things that you can say in response to that, he says, Go call your husband to come here. What, what, well, we were just talking about water, and now what, what's the shift all about? Jesus knows what she desires. And he puts his finger right on the spot where she's hurting. So that even there, in that moment, she can experience his love and he can remove that obstacle that's preventing her from receiving that water. She doesn't feel worthy of that because of the shame that she's feeling. And so Jesus puts his finger right there to to, to enter into that spot of hurt, that spot of shame, that wound that she has in her heart to let his love flow even into that. And she has the vulnerability and the openness to even enter into a conversation about that. I don't have a husband. And speaking about this relationship and this longing that she desires, Jesus talks about the full satisfaction that's going to come from a relationship with the Father, and he talks about in spirit and in truth. That relationship of worship in spirit and in truth is what's going to satisfy your heart. Not all these other things that we keep chasing after that won't satisfy. And in spirit, meaning like not just externals, not just kind of going through the motions, but fully giving my whole self to this relationship. And to the true relationship. Not these false things that we keep grasping after, but a true relationship, an honest and authentic relationship with the Father, with God, with Jesus. And if I give my heart to that, and the more this woman gives herself to that, She's transformed. What began perhaps with fear and questioning now results in her leaving her water jar behind so that she can go and tell all these people, look and come and see this man who told me everything that I had ever done. Come and see this man who knew everything about me and still loved me and still desired to come into a relationship with me who still saw me out. Nothing that I did or said stopped him from seeking me, from, from coming out of his way to come and, and to wait for me so that I might enter into a relationship with him. And that simple dialogue with Jesus, nothing, nothing great happened in here. We don't really see the moment when our heart is changed. It's a very simple conversation. But it's through that dialogue with Jesus that our heart is transformed. And she can't She can't stay. She can't just be the same. She has to go and tell somebody about this love that she experienced. And this gospel, I think, is like the perfect gospel for each one of our own stories. This gospel is the gospel of Jesus waiting for us, longing for us to enter into this deeper relationship with him, loving us no matter what kind of lie or resistance or action or word that we can put up. And from us having experienced that, we then go out and tell somebody about it. Because we, when we experience love, love can't help but spread. And this woman goes back to tell everybody, and then she brings them to Jesus. And eventually the people say, well, we, we don't leave, believe because of your testimony anymore. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this is the Savior of the world. We know that this is the one that our hearts are longing for. But it begins with our experience of Jesus, our letting him in. That leads us to proclaim it. That's what evangelization is. We bring people to God, and then from that, they experience God themselves. And that's how the, the word spreads. That's how the world is set on fire. I think today, we have an opportunity. In the midst of confusion, in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of disappointment in the midst of anger. A lot, a lot is going on. I think whether, whatever our opinions about the virus itself are, we can all agree that there's very few people who are now un, unimpacted by it in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's the athlete whose seasons over, whether it's the senior who doesn't know what, what May's going to look like, there's a lot that we have to process and a lot that we have to deal with. Jesus, in our own life and in our own heart, whatever that struggle is, is waiting for us at the well of our, of our lives. Jesus, today, had to come, not to, to Samaria, Jesus had to come to St. Thomas, to this altar, because he was waiting to encounter Me, and you, and each one of us. Jesus had to come here to encounter us, to offer us that invitation, to put his finger on that place where maybe we don't know what's going on, so that he can speak to us in that. And from that relationship, be reminded that no matter what, he's here. He's with us every single step of the way. And the more we experience that in our life and in our heart, we can go and spread that light just like this woman did into a world that right now honestly desperately needs it to be reminded of what the foundation is, reminded about what our hearts really are longing for, and let that light spread. That's the invitation that Jesus has today. That's why Jesus had to come here, to speak to our hearts tonight Tomorrow and the next day, and as we go one step at a time, be reminded that no matter what happens, He is here. No matter what we experience, no matter what we've done, no matter what the lie, the fear, the, the anxiety, whatever it is, He is here. And that is unquestionable. He's waiting for us and He's longing for us. We, like the woman, have to have the courage to walk up to the well, to walk up to the altar to truly encounter the living God who's here in the Eucharist and as we receive him, lives really and truly in our hearts. May like this woman, we have the courage to approach and open our hearts to this God who's waiting for us.